welcome to the Bartow Jacket Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Cole, and I'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsors today. Live and Love Local Bartow, Evolve Lawn and Landscaping, Crosswire Electric, Excellence Realty, Elaine Sanders, and Holiday Inn Express. You guys need to go check them out on all social media platforms. They support me and my dreams, so you should go support them and their company, and let's get right into the show. Man, he upgraded again. Good job, Cole. I think he's up to first string at this point. <laughs> that is your job from now on. <laughs> again, welcome everybody. Like Cole said, we're here. Uh, intern Wes is in the building. How you doing? What's up? What's up? I'm doing good. Good to see you. Also and, uh, another guest in the building. We do have another guest. WBF's own sideline reporter, Mike Ayers. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure being here, you know, being on a family podcast thing. I think it's something great that you guys have going on. Well, we appreciate the support and you coming to do this with us. And before we get started, I uh, just want to give intern Wes a shout out. He got a new job, a new career yes, he's going to be starting. So we want to congratulate you on that. Appreciate it. And um, we'll go ahead and get ready. Producer Jen is not with us today. She decided to hit the gym since we had a full house in studio. So um, Only four mics. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> all right. We can upgrade next season to a bigger <laughs> channel. All right, so we'll go ahead into quarter number one, and we're just going to kick it off by talking about part two season this far. So, you know, if you've been listening to all the shows and going to the games, you know what the record was, 7-0. and Best thing about being 7-0 is going 8-0. You know the, the routine. You know, but, know the drill. But what we want to talk about now is just kind of run through the season. And, and with, um, with you here, Mike, we want to, you know, we were just talking about before going on air the different perspective of being up in the booth opposed to being down on the field. And you do get a lot better perspective up upstairs and seeing plays develop, but then you also get a good um, feel for the team and the energy and the stuff going on on the sidelines. So we'd like to get your perspective on that, you know, through each game. And, and is there a game that sticks out to you where you kind of seen them turn the corner where you was like, okay, they're, they're for real? Well, I tell you, I mean, you talk about the energy on the field and everything. It, it is. You can tell a big difference on energy in the field. Um, this past week, big game, Winter Haven. Was the edge there? I think the edge was there, but I think there was a little tighter edge against Auburndale when Auburndale showed up. Believe it or not, even though it was the Tater Bowl, I think there was a little, little more edge in the Auburndale game. But, yes, you do get it. There's a lot bigger difference on being on the field. Like you said, up in the press box, you can watch plays develop. You can see those holes open up. Being down on the field, you're down there with the players. You feel the energy of the players. And it kind of, I mean, it hypes you up just as much as the players are hyped up because <laughs> you're up and down that sideline. You're hearing those guys slap helmets. You're hearing those guys high-five each other. So I would not rather I would rather be nowhere else than on the sideline. Well, during that Winter Haven game, uh, Bruce uh, made mention, uh, I think it was, what happened at the end? Was it they scored and then there was a, the energy on the sideline, he saw a lot of heads hanging. And, and um, did you see that? Was there guys that was, was did anybody stand out as a leader at that point and kind of bringing them back together? Or? You do. You, you actually see those guys. I mean, yeah, when they brought it into 33 to 40 yeah. right there toward the end of the ball game. Yeah, you see these guys, some of these guys walking around with their heads down, but you see players like Je- uh, Lynn Johnson, mm-hmm. Davis. Bell, you see those guys walking around and say, listen, this game is not over with. We've got three minutes left of this game. We can do this. We didn't come this far to stop. Right. So you see those individual leaders step up, you know, in the last three minutes of the ball game when it come down to that seven-point score. What does Bell look like on the field? I like to 
Listen, so you guys see, I'm not a big guy. So <laughs> Friday night, whenever you guys are the Lake Wells game Friday night, just take, I'll walk by those guys. Even Lynn, Lynn's 6'2". Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't realize how big those guys are until you walk beside them. Leg. Mm-hmm. You walk by leg. I mean, leg could do, I look like a little, little <laughs> ant beside leg. You know, he, he's just a big kid. But yeah. most of those guys are. They're big. They're big. Yeah, I was noticing uh, in some of the pictures of the guys, and I'm like, man. They, it's incredible. You know, and then one day, um, I just so happened to be going across uh, where the waiting room's across the street from the high school. So I was driving down Broadway, and weight training class was coming across the street. And a lot of the guys are walking through. They just got done lifting, didn't have shirts on or nothing. And, and here comes Coach Tate out. And I was like, <laughs> looking at him, I'm like, man, these boys are jacked. Like yeah. they are big, and you can tell that they've been putting in the work. And hey, Coach Tate's no slide himself. He's, no, he's, he's, oh, a no. Big, he's a big man too. Yeah, and I, Lynn Lynn recently told me as well that that Coach Tate gets it in with them. Oh, he's yeah. in there pumping iron too. Oh, yeah. He's a leader. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, in the weight room and on the field. Well, that uh, EJ, <clears throat> he said don't want you know during the podcast he was on when Jen asked him what his favorite song was, he said. Yeah, I don't. We need Coach Tate does handles that. Like, yeah, he's our motivation. We don't need any <laughs> hype, hype music in the weight room. Absolutely. For me, the the game that really turned it around, I the Auburndale game. I don't. I didn't see the tightness. You know, before the winter, I was a little more nervous before the Winter Haven game than the Auburndale. But for me, watching them play against Auburndale and seeing the size of Auburndale and the the backs that they had and that quarterback could throw the ball a little bit, and, and the way they handled that game. I was like, okay, I was telling Louis, you know, they're for real. Like, I don't know a lot about the other schools yet. You know, maybe year two, three, we'll get to learn some of the young. Like, Winter Haven's going to have a great team. Sure. They're going to be good in the future. they got a lot of young talent. So, you didn't know what to expect. But for me, after that Auburndale game, I said, okay, we got a shot. Even if we take a lump here or there, by the end of the year, Coach State will have them ready. Um, that takes it in the Kathleen game. My yep. sister had a wedding. It's like that was the next test, and we've seen that on social media. Now Lake Wales is going to be the first test for Bartes. It like, never no. ends. <laughs> it never ends. They could they could go on and, and win the state champ, and it, it just it's never going to end. <laughs> well, what about you? What, what was the turning point for you for the season? Where you? What was the point when you looked at it and said, "No, I really think that they can win districts." After we won the first game. <laughs> Cole always got to mention the first game. After yeah. we beat Lake Region, yeah, that was a tough one, huh? Eighty-eight to zero. Eighty-two. Bro. Eighty-two. Same thing. <laughs> Might as well be. You're not that, wrong. That was your. That was it for you. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I knew if we could put up that many points against a team like that, I knew that we. I mean, I know they're not very good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Wes. But Wes, Wes is a graduate of uh, Lake Region. Um, all right, Wes, what, give us some stats and scouting report on the Lake so, Wales and game. As I, as I labeled it here on the paper that I look at right here before me, uh, tell of the tape between both teams, that being of the Yellow Jackets and the Highlanders, if I could pronounce their names correctly, my apologies, uh, coached by Richard Tate of the Yellow Jackets and then with the Highlanders, Tavares Johnson, um, who I'm not too knowledgeable of, maybe – uh, Mike here will will have some knowledge on him or of the team in general. Um, as the Yellow Jackets ride into this game, ride in the full wave of momentum and belief, of course, that they can go flawless here and, and, and head into Tech, ride in the high wave, and hopefully pull a win there. 
They are currently seven and zero, while uh, the Highlanders are three and zero. As we know, they've faced some some unfortunate issues with uh, COVID. I think twice now, where they've had to kind of shut the show down here for about two weeks, um, and that's a total of a month's time. So I can't imagine uh, kind of what that the impact that that has on a program. You know, I'm sure they're still able to do things maybe via Zoom or do their own individual workouts on their own. Um, but there's a lot of reliability and dependability that goes into that and ensuring some of these players are in it completely, you know, because it's a whole different environment trying to do th- these things at home compared to doing them on the field with your boys, you know, with coach, et cetera. Um, so as far as state ranking goes, uh, the Yellow Jackets are listed here at 102. Highlanders not very far behind at 109. Um if I had to give them a state ranking, I'd probably give them the same state ranking. Unfortunately, the Highlanders have just uh, faced this issue with COVID, as mentioned. Um, and that's probably why they're just a hair behind the Yellow Jackets, who have been fortunate enough to, you know, they're executing and doing the right things both on and off the field. Hence why they've been able to play all their games thus far this season. And we hope that doesn't take a turn at all here in the future. And they're 7-0. So moving forward, the last game's played. I think we touched on it a little bit uh, just a second ago. Uh, we uh, handled business against Winter Haven at uh, Bartow Memorial Stadium, 40-33. to 33. Um, I will note the game started off very quickly from the initial, as mentioned on the last podcast, the pooch, kick, pooch kick right, and uh, <laughs> Bartow recovered. Started off hot, 19-0, to zero. Um, but Winter Haven showed that they weren't there to, to take that sort of beating and uh, showed that they wanted to win that game just as bad, and I think they showed that towards the end of the ball game, especially in the second half. I think it was 26-12 at halftime. So uh, you do the math, 33 minus 12. They put up some good amount of points in the second half compared to Bartow. But Bartow was in, uh, able to stay disciplined and, and heads in the game still in the second half. Um, as the saying goes, you can't, win a, you can't win the game in the first quarter, second, third, but you can win it in the fourth. And that's what Bartow did. Um, so they were able to hang on and cl- clinch that victory there, a big one over Winter Haven, and uh, clinch not only the, the famous Tater Bowl, as it's known, um, but district champs as well. Meanwhile, uh, the Highlanders, granted, they're kind of on a off, coming off a two-week hiatus uh, due to COVID. Unfortunately, again, they uh, beat Hardy forty-one to sixteen. Of course, I'm not sure of the status of Hardy and and how well they are, but nonetheless, still an impressive victory, only allowing sixteen and being able to put up forty-plus points. Um, points per game per average over over the course of the season. The Yellow Jackets are putting up 45.5. That's wow. 45 and a half. So a very, very, uh, very well executed and, and really established offense, I think, nonetheless, um, as we've been able to see both in person and hear over the radio. Um, they are executing. They're doing good things on that offense, as well as the defense, only allowing 9.2 games per average. That's and crazy, I think man. two or three of those games throughout the season, they've allowed, they've, they've shut out teams. I think in both Poinciana, Liberty, and Lake Region, yeah. So um, while those teams might not be the best teams in the state, hey, nonetheless, they're still going out there and executing on defense and doing the right thing, hence why they have three shutouts this season. Um, And to touch on Lake Wells, uh, hey, they're not far behind the Yellow Jackets here in terms of points per game. Uh, They're at 43, and meanwhile, points allowed per game. They're allowing quite a bit more at 216 um, I know one of those teams they've played is Ridge. I think that was the start of the season, and two others, and Hardy, uh, as mentioned a second ago, and another team. So they've allowed 21.6. So we'll see how that plays out here come come in about 48 hours or so in the next two days, Friday. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good game. 
So uh, an interesting note here as well, the last win um, that they've had against each other. So for Lake Wells, yeah. they they beat Barto last year 50 to 14. Well, at least we didn't get Lake Region. <laughs> Our point. Nonetheless, <laughs> or points in it. Yeah, I'm. Sh- I, yeah, I'm it sure. It might have been points in it. I'm sure Barta didn't have a running clock that game, but hey, they went out there and they gave it their all. And well, they just came up. Uh, not really. I don't know if I'd say short. They, By the way, speaking of points in we call the um running clock. We call it the points in effect. Yeah, that's so right. For our <laughs> listeners who aren't aware, um, but nonetheless, again, fifty to fourteen, unfortunate loss there. Um, obviously, I wasn't there. I wasn't. Uh, covering Bartow as much as what I am now. And then we look at the other end. For those interested, I'm sure there's many of you. The last time Bartow was able to defeat the Lake Wells team was in the 16-17 season. Uh, so about, what, four or five years ago now, roughly, um, 16-9. to nine. So that was a pretty close affair there. I'm sure that, was, that would have been a pretty good game to be at mm-hmm. uh, there. And, and, and I've noticed the trend as I, as I look down the schedule uh, throughout these past couple of years. It's like they saved the best for last, honestly. They play Lake Wells the last, like, five or six years. They play Lake Wells last every time, and I'm sure that they got to be doing that intentionally. Um, so I think that's pretty neat and cool. I don't like it. You don't like it? <laughs> Why not? Why don't you like it? I'd rather have Lake Region at the end of the season. <laughs> have, a, have these big games, Lake Wells, midseason. Yeah, midseason yeah. and have the, the... I can agree because a Lake Region, obviously, an easy win, so we can just solidify a win at the well, end want, of the season. You want to start to, you know, it, it's not about TV ratings for high school. So, yeah. you know, you, the big games in college, you want to start off. and but But they've changed everything, too, with the strength the schedule and all that but i would much rather not play a lake wales type ball club the week before playoffs. yeah especially yeah especially given you going into playoffs um of course they probably didn't know that prior I don't, i'm not sure um but yeah well and then simultaneously you got a team like ridge um i'm not going to talk too much about them here but they started off 0-3. They had a pretty tough schedule to start out, and they started off 0-3. And they came back and won four games, uh, not against the best of opponents, but they've been able to do it and been able to maintain. And I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're in the playoffs as well. So uh, we'll see them go out and execute as well um, in the weeks coming. So uh, some quick statistics on Lake Wells. Um, these, are, these are brought to you per Max Preps, of course. Uh, rush, rushing touchdowns. Uh, keep in mind, uh, Lake Wells has only played three games. Um, I believe they should have played just as many as the Yellow Jackets. Unfortunately, the COVID bug has hit them pretty hard, not only once, but twice, hence why they've only played three games. But in those three games, they've been able to um, get 16 rushing touchdowns, well. two passing, three receiving, um, as far as rushing yards per game, they're at 356.3, which I think is just absurd. Um, and and I, I looked at that so many times, and I was like, that's just, that's insane. That's so many rushing yards in a game. Um, and I was able to go back and actually look at the player's stats and then look at the season total. And I went and did the math myself and divided it by the three games. And yeah, it's it's 356.3. So um, that's something to touch on here as we cover this matchup. As far as what Bartow needs to do, I think it's quite obvious here early on in the show, but we'll cover that more later. Um, passing yards per game, they're at 114.6, so by far not an astounding number, um, but it, it, it doesn't seem like that, that's too much of a concern given their rushing yards per game. Um, How many touchdowns is that per game? 16 in three games? Yes. Wow. That's, and that's just rushing touchdowns. Um, 
Meanwhile, sacks per game, they're at 3.3. So it looks like they're going to really be applying some pressure here on Lynn. Uh, I'm sure we all got some great confidence in that O-line over there in, within the Yellow Jackets. But uh, nonetheless, Lake Wells is, 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 is going to be no walkover, and, and they're going to be there to prove a point just as much as Bartow is. So it's going to be a big game, and they're going to be trying to p- apply pressure there to, to Lynn and affect him maybe, if not sack him, get him to get some bad balls off and possibly create a turnover uh, by an interception. Um, and the, as far as the completion percentage goes for the quarterback there, it's at point four six eight. Again, not incredible number by no means, but uh, it looks like the rushing the rushing attack makes up for it uh, tremendously. Yeah, that's jumped right off the page. I mean, when I first looked at the rushing, and and we can, well, first of all, that's intern Wes, and that's why you were hired because that's great stats. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can't I can't pass by this, uh, and I'm not the smartest are the sharpest tool on the shelf. <laughs> but w- passing touchdowns, two. Receiving touchdowns, three. What is that? I wish, I wish, I I looked at that for about five to ten minutes, and I was like, Do you have any what? idea, Mike? What? <laughs> what is Unless it's a defensive interception. Yeah. Which like, is a probability. You know, that may be something that they count into effect. I don't know. So a receiving, yeah. that, that, that one's a little weird. Yeah. Um, but, but that did jump off at me. 16 rushing touchdowns. And only two passing and in three games. And, you know, it's you looking at this. We're going to get into in quarter number three on, on what needs to be done. But it's pretty obvious we need to stop the run. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Um, and, and the last quick note here regarding all of this. Um, so, uh, like Bartow, and this is going to be an interesting matchup again. Um, well, I can't say it enough. But uh, they have a very, very, very uh, great, talented a uh, group of backs there um, in both Mariani, uh, Marquise, and Josh Burley. Um, that would be number one, two, and four on the field there if you're if you're at the game there Friday. Um, those three running backs there thus far this season, again, they've only played three games, but still in those three games combined, collectively, they've been able to get uh, take the rock for 85 carries, 992 yards. That's almost 1,000 um, in just three games, it's three running backs. Yes. You know, one that's incredible, but three and only three games combined. That's incredible. 992 yards. And they've been able to account for 15 out of the 16 rushing touchdowns. I'm assuming that other one is either by a fourth back, which just makes it that much more of an incredible of a stat or yes, the quarterback. Um, as we know, Lynn likes to take that thing into the end zone himself using his own legs. So, um, just a last little quick note covering all the stats here and the tell of the tape as I as I titled it here. Um, it's it's going to be a ball game. Yeah, so, it's going to uh, be it's going to be fun. Yeah. So do you do you remember anything from last year on, on any I, play? <laughs> I do remember that game last year. We <laughs> called that game. It was a tough game. It was really yeah. a tough game. Um, but one thing that sticks out in that we got to remember, you know, we were coming off a zero and ten season the year before. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Five and you know five and five last year. So I mean, where do you, right? You know, to take a beating from a team like Lake Wells, like we did last year, was it really that bad? Yeah, the number says it was that bad, but where we came from to where we ended at, mm-hmm. I think they fared well last year. Right? Yeah. yeah, I do. And and this next part of quarter number two, we're going to touch on. Um, how did I quote it? You know, parents forgetting sometimes that uh, high school athletes are still kids. Yeah. And uh, apparently, there's a, one of the running backs. If I had to guess, I'm going to say it's number four. But if one of the running backs, this is Bartu kid, going to Lake Wales. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, seen some things on social media and we just got to remember parents that these are kids and, and we can go back and forth all we want about who's going to win this, that, the other. But remember when you put things out on social media, you're talking about somebody's child and you know, Twitter's the worst. Um, I, I even seen what I'm assuming is somebody trolling our quarterback and yeah. making a fake fan page for him. And I don't know if that's an adult or not. I'm going to assume it's an adult. Believe uh, it or not. And unfortunately, like Twitter, uh, intern Wes is running the Twitter page. They're doing that stuff to gain followers and, and clout. And you're talking about a kid. And I don't. I haven't seen anything real negative. The the one tweet that I saw, he, he th- Lynn thinks I don't like him, but I love him. That and I'm just thinking to myself, what are you doing? And and I I don't get on Twitter too much because I'll say something. <laughs> so you're known to say a couple things on Twitter. I just it, it. These are kids. I'm. I don't even like when you know, um, Felipe Franks and some of the other quarterbacks that the Gators had over the years and the fans booing them. I'm like, what are you doing? This isn't the New York Mets. Like, <laughs> you know, you could boo professional people if you want. I don't always agree with that either. But these are kids. They're still kids in college. Yeah. So when you take it down to the high school level, let's keep in mind that all these kids that are going to be on the field Friday night are all working extremely hard for their coaches, for their communities, and, for themselves. And, and times are different. I don't understand, you know, I know Coach Tate has been vocal in the past about whatever happened to, you know, you play me with the kids that I got and I play you with the kids that you got and we make them better with what we have and we go out, we buckle up and we do it. And now with <laughs> recruiting and academies and all this different thing, kids go, the kids could go where they want. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Lynn is he he's not a Bartu kid but he has Bartu love and pride and 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 that's what you want to see but at the end of the day these are kids so let's leave them alone let's the name calling and all that stuff i know i'm not going to make a difference just let them do what they want really like let them go where they want to go and you touching on that um jason odom was in town this past weekend and we had him on the radio jeff talked to him a little bit on the radio and he hit on exactly what you were talking about these kids are still kids. Mm-hmm. Coach Tate, I mean, he's a big follower of Coach Tate. He admires Coach Tate. He spoke highly of Coach of both Coach Tates and of all all Coach Tates. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, um, but he talked about how Coach Tate will make those kids into great young men. Mm-hmm. They don't need all that adversity in their life. I mean, there's enough of it out on the street every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. let yeah. Coach Tate and let these parents raise these kids, and let Coach Tate do what Coach Tate needs to do on the field. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're not going to call the person's name out on Twitter because I'm not going to give them any clout. But no. um, you see things, and it's just like at the end of the day. If Barto wins or loses, we're all going to wake up hopefully Saturday and have a good day and prepare to be better than we were the day before. Yes, sir. Get tech and, next and, Friday. All right, so let's get right <laughs> into quarter number three, Cole. Um, what do you think, Cole, the uh, key to winning for Barto is? Defense. Defense. Obviously. Defense. Obviously, you think we got to stop the run, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh. Blitz a little bit, not a lot, because they're going to get used to that. Maybe pass on us, maybe like hit a run on the outside. But I think defense is our key point to winning this game because of how many rushing yards they and rushing touchdowns they have in three games, which is absurd. I don't know how they did it. 
But I almost yeah. think Max Preps there was some data entry problems here. Yeah. That- <laughs> hey, I know I just got a job, but hey, I'm all no. Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Hey, Cole is here. From He's your perspective, you know, seeing them last year and and seeing the guys up close and personal all year. What do you think the biggest key is? I tell you, it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be a joint effort because with that, like you said, everybody's talking about Lake Wells rushing. That defense, we have that defense to stop that rush. We, we proved do. that this last week against Winter Haven. Even though Winter Haven put that 33 points on the board, some of those points weren't necessarily, I'm not going to say against our defense. Mm-hmm. Those were just freak plays that the long pass, he just got behind our back. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, stuff like that we got to be able to stop. And we did a great job on doing that, but the coach Tate, Winter Haven coach Tate, that wing T, he had everybody sucked in. He just brought them closer and closer to the line with that wing T, and then he snuck that one right across the middle. Seven points right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So, and we talked about that. I mean, just like the, the pooch kick right. Mm-hmm. They were not ready for that stuff. No. We, weren't, we weren't ready for the wing T. We, I mean, we were ready for the wing T, but we just we bought into that wing T too much, and then they burn us. So, yeah. I think the key that's going to be is, is staying focused, watching what they're watching key off of their running backs. And uh, I think the offense is going to do a great job. Bell, Davis, Lynn. I mean, Lynn's doing a great job at spot throwing. I mean, if you've watched him really close, and anybody that hasn't watched him, he's spot throwing. When he throws that ball across the middle, he knows where that receiver's supposed to be. Receiver knows where he's supposed to be. That ball's out of his hands a lot faster than most quarterbacks in high school are able to do nowadays. Mm -hmm. So watching Lynn grow over the last couple of years, he's done an amazing job from last year to this year. He's so much different that Coach Tate's really has worked with him a lot. Yeah, I agree. He's done amazing. Um, My key to this game, of course, obviously, with Wes's notes here, we're going to have to stop the run. And that's kind of in every ball game, but it seems like yeah. they were heavy, heavy, heavy on the run. Yeah. What I'd like to see from Barcher this week is what I think they're going to have to do against Tech. And and with Lake Wales being off at least two weeks, but like you said, mentioned a total of four, um, let's let's put Lake Wales to the test. Let's slow the game down a little bit. Let's control the clock. Let's run the ball with that power eye formation that they displayed against Winter Haven. Because yep. when, when you get into the playoffs against Tech, you know, if you want to beat Tech, you're going to have to beat Lake Wales. It, not saying we can't beat Tech if we take a lump this, this week, but I, I really like to see, let's see them boys tackle. They've been off for two weeks. Let's see them tackle Maurice Bell from the beginning. Let's, <laughs> let's go after them and let's pound the rock and then work off of that with Lynn throwing the ball around and, and just kind of slow the game down a little bit. I think, of course, you could say win the turnover battle, the penalties and all that. But watching that game, I mentioned it last episode, I really loved the way it was mixing it up on offense. And didn't see that. All. We've been kind of like not a spread offense, but kind of a pro-style throwing team. And yes. changing it up to that um, the eye formation and bringing in, what's the, the fullback's name? Give him some credit. The lead blocker when they had Bell in there. Mm. Mm. He's a, he's got good size too. Yeah, I forget his yeah. name at the moment. What a horrible time! Ca- to forget. Caught us all off guard on yeah. that one. But um, I'm trying. Last episode we forgot to give Randolph. Um, we did. John Junior. A uh, shout out for the excellent defensive play and interception yeah. that kind of really turned that game around and solidified it for us. So yeah. shout out to you. But that's my key is control the clock, slow the game down, make them tackle. They ain't done it in a while. It's not an easy thing to do. And and I think they're going to – if they come out sharp 
and they're hitting on all cylinders, they've been practicing. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's just too hard of a sport to come, you know, not practice for two weeks and then come out and play a game like this. Right. So we'll see what happens. What do you think, Wes? Yeah, well, I'm going to agree with all three of you guys and all good points um, and very valid, of course. Um, just to take a slightly different route here, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to have to beat some fire with fire here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we know it's no secret now, given given the tell of the tape, as we talked about earlier, that uh, Lake Wells' Lake Wells's running game is, is, is quite dominant. Um, but we also know Barto has a has a darn good running game, too. Um, and they got some talented backs, one through three, probably four or five. Um, I'm sure we got some other backs, and if not, they're, they're on JV, and they'll be up there shortly, and we'll be seeing them here in the years coming. Um, but I, th- I think we, we, we try and outdo them there. If we're able to outperform them in, in what it seems that their strength is in, I don't see how we lose this ballgame. And you're down on the field. Us sitting in the stands, we've had a – we've been questioning the coaches on the other team sometimes on, on the defense that they're calling, leaving – Dathan single coverage. Are you seeing? Are you down there scratching <laughs> I, your head? I see, I see it every week, and I and I tell Bruce them, I'm like, listen, look, look. There's a mismatch right here, right here in front of me. There's a mismatch. You do not leave him in single coverage. You yeah. don't do it. I mean, we talk about that. Like Maurice Bell, how many people did he drag down the field last week? He had five. Or five oh yeah, guys. we were talking about it last week. It was at least like five or six, yeah, if he's not dragging the whole down team. the field. And when, like you talked about earlier, Lake Wells hasn't played a game in 20 days. Yeah, they haven't hit, been hit by anybody in 20 days. So when you go up against a Maurice Bell or a Davis, mm-hmm. be ready because those guys are, they're big. Yeah. Yeah, they're big guys. And it's just amazing because it's like every, well, we scouted uh, Tampa Bay tech and they have their own Dathan Davis. Number yeah. eight. Number eight. Um, but he, I don't think he's as good as Dathan, but he's that type of player. And like, Three or four touchdowns in that game. Well, you know you're going to have to put your best corner on them, and you're going to have to shade cover sometime. And then when you get down into the red zone, you got to know what's coming. You can't put a five-foot-nine kid out there. It's It's just not fair. But I I really, when I'm going, I know Lynn's listening. So when I'm going on this running the ball, I I feel it's going to help him and Dathan and Simpson, and and we're bringing the tight end in. If we can pound it and, and bring them up, Especially against Tech, Tech's DBs are not anywhere near Bartos' DBs. So I know they go up against them in practice. So I think that's going to be a big key to um, both games is yeah. controlling the running game and opening up the throwing game with the run. So Lynn, I know you don't. I know you like to throw it around, <laughs> but. I'm going to have to run that thing a couple more times. But he also likes to run that option and tuck it away himself, oh, too. Oh, and I love seeing that. Cause, Wait, um, okay. Yeah, the, the read option, yeah. Yeah, because yes. as everyone knows, I'm a, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, and therefore I'm a big-time Russell Wilson oh, fan. Here we go again. Hey, relax. <laughs> okay, you can My talk quarterback about- can barely get out of the pocket. He's 42. <laughs> Remind me to tell you something on quarter four. But with, nonetheless, with one, one thing that worked so well for him, and it still does to this day, granted I, I'm not a big fan that he doesn't do it as much because it's, it was so successful. Granted, I know teams were catching on. Was was that read option play? And, and Russell just tucking and running. He wasn't, uh, you know, as fast as, you know, Lamar Jackson is today. But he had some quickness to him. And he'd get down the field and he'll break away from 20, 30 yards. And that is such a momentum swing in a ball game for not only that player himself, which is the quarterback, right? Some would say the most important player on, on, on the field at the time. Um, but all the other players too, you know, you got your quarterback there full sprinting down the field, and uh, and sometimes he's going to break away for a touchdown too. 
which we've seen Lynn be able to do. Um, so, hey, by all means, let, let's let's see it this this Friday. All right, so we're going to get right into um, score predictions. Score predictions. Score oh, predictions. let me get out my pen and notepad. Mike took it. I need a pen. This is going to be interesting. This is going to be really interesting, what everybody comes up with on this one. Oh, there's a pencil right here. Give me that pencil. Dad. Uh, you want to start it off, uh, Wes? Uh, as soon as I get a pencil or pen of myself, because I'm curious to write things down, too. Uh, that's what I like to do. All right. Tell me your score prediction, and then I'll send this to you. Okay, that works. Let me stop being complicated. All right. So, we talked about it last podcast a little bit, Jason and I. Uh, this being a perfect opportunity uh, to be a trap game for Barto. So, you, by now, the, the, the anticipation and all, you guys know where this is going. I love you. Don't hate me. I'm going to take Lake Wells 35-31. Mm. Our first time that we've ever won against Barto. Don't, don't hate me. I love you guys still. Cole's looking at me. He hasn't blinked once yet. 35-21. <laughs> Thirty-five, thirty-one. I was about to say. Oh no! Okay, you guys can hate me then if (laughs) if I give you guys only twenty-one. Cole, you want to go next? For the record, I'll still be there Friday, and I'll still be rooting for you guys, and I still want you guys to win. Don't get it twisted. All right. I was was just about to say before I write wrote these down. I'm. I said I was. I'm gonna guess that everybody wants Barto to win, but I guess not anymore. All right. I still want Barto to win. You want to go next, Mike? I hope they got it. I'll go up next. It's going to be a tough game. Um, The only thing I really want to come out of this game, regardless, I want Barto to win, but I just want everybody to come out healthy because this being the last game of the season and going into the playoffs. But I'm going to take Barto, and I'm going to say it's going to be about 33-21. to I think Barto is going to shut that run down. They're going to get 21 points, but I think Barto is going to do it. They're not fast enough to get to the corners. Love that score. I like it. I like it. Cole, you want to go next? And we're, I'll go next. We're up next with Mr. Cole. I say, hold on. 82 to 0. <laughs> They're not like region. <laughs> um, I got, I'm trying to think. Anticipation. 31 to, uh, uh, let's give him 20. 31 20. He 30. was looking at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-one twenty Barto, of course. <clears throat> All right. So, since Wes went out on a limb, you better not. I, I've been thinking about it. Listen, <laughs> I said it. I said it. I think it was the last podcast. I said that I think um, I was going to give the edge to Lake Wales in this game. Oh goodness. Okay, they're the favorite in my eyes, only because we haven't beaten them in four years. And it's yeah. kind of like the Florida-Georgia game we'll get into next where people are saying Florida's the favorite. We ain't beat Georgia in a while. Only we ain't the favorite till we beat them, in my eyes. Right. Okay? But I've been putting a lot of thought into this. 45-28. Bar two. Oh, yeah. Ooh, That's what I like to see. I'm on, the, I'm on the island all by myself. That's yeah. okay. Someone has to do it, right? And, yeah. and um, <clears throat> I... I Honestly, I changed my. I was going to go like well, yeah. but after you bringing these notes and looking at this, I just don't think if these are right. Um, I don't think. Prove me wrong. I, I don't think they're going to run that you, much you, over us. You got to have you. That's two one sided of a of a football team. Yeah, you can't go in and be beating a team like Barto. 
with only a one-sided game. I mean, even though they got the three backs and they've ran for 992 yards, you lose one of those backs and you cut that into a third. Yep. So, I mean, and and I don't want nobody to get hurt by no means, but I don't think they're fast enough to get to the corners, or -hmm. I think Bartos just a little bit faster to seal those corners off to push them back up the middle, Mm -hmm. and you're not going through the middle on Bartos. Not that defense. I so, know I said uh, someone had to do it. I know everyone listening right now is like, no, you no, didn't no, have to do it. you're giving them motivation. That way, <laughs> after did. the game, we'll go see the guys, and they'll say, like, we got you, with." <laughs> yeah, hopefully, and they're not like, no, nah, dude, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I want to share. backlash on Twitter. I'm oh, going boy. to Lake Wells, and I'm getting redemption for myself. Okay. Yeah. So flashback for anybody listening that's been around Bartow football for a while. 1995 oh, no. is a kind of same, similar situation. Okay, <laughs> Barto had a really good team, uh, went to the playoffs. We went down to Lake Wells the game before. It might have been the second game before the playoffs. And haven't beaten them in a couple years, well, at least four or five years. And we were up 10 to 7. They get the ball with like a minute and 30 seconds, kick it off, they get it, or we punted. They had to drive the whole field. And when Coach Tate comes on, I'm going to ask him about this. <laughs> we went to a prevent defense quarterback just nickel and dimed us all the way down the field. Mm. And then they got inside like the 20-yard line, and they had – I forget the kid's name at the time, um, but he was an outstanding quarterback. But this kid rolled out to the right, and the part two defenders were chasing him. He rolled, he turned, he went back to the left. And he was he outran everybody and got to about the 10-yard line, and there was like six seconds on the clock. This kid fumbled. Oh, and when he fumbled, the the stand. You know how when the the fans see the ball go out, it just, just that roar. <laughs> yeah, that roar went, and I kid you not, the ball dropped, and then he went and he hit it. He actually hit it, and it went back to the ground and bounced right back up to his hands, what? and he ran it in for the touchdown and beat it. <laughs> and and for what me as a that? senior and never beating Lake Wales, it just. It, it was oh, crushing. Oh, man. So we're going to go down there and get me some revenge. Well, I hope the game doesn't go that way. <laughs> oh, I'm my never, God. I will never be a fan of the prevent defense. No. I am not. That prevents you from winning a ball game. Yeah. And <laughs> I say if you're winning and you're putting the pressure on, there's no need for a prevent. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm blaming Charlie. Absolutely. I blame Charlie. He, he told he overrode <laughs> Coach Tate back then. He said, we're going prevent. And Coach Tate said, no. So that's what he's going to tell us when we have him on. I promise you. I'm sure it is. <laughs> that's fine. So we got through the score predictions. It's fourth quarter. Um, it's going to be a great game. And if you want to get your score predictions on for a chance to win a $25 gift card, uh, go on the Twitter page. If you get it right, you get a $25 gift card to Amazon. Right. Uh, you can message me on Facebook on the, um, the Barter Jacket Breakdown podcast page there. Get your predictions in before 7 p.m., and have a shot to win a $25 gift card. No winner yet. No one, Nobody's won yet. We hope someone yeah, wins. I want to give away $25. Come on. Um, <clears throat> big big college game, Florida-Georgia. I mentioned it earlier. They're, pre- they're predicting. You got NFL players fighting on the side. Like, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm not really the college guy, but well, it, yeah, it, it if there is the NFL, one college game, if there is one Florida game I would watch, it would be Florida-Georgia. You, you want that one against your friend that talks yes. like a He, a he talks so much, Mac. <laughs> but that's what college, that's what football's about. If it wasn't for that, well, I mean, would it be that fun? Yeah. You know, I'm, watching high school kids develops fun. But right. uh, when it gets to the rivalry games in college and the NFL, 
What in Florida? Know. Florida's without two players this week. Suspensions. First half. First half. First yes. half. Yeah. And, um, yep. They didn't. They said they fined Coach Mullen. They, they did. did. Twenty five grand. Yeah, they did. Oh Jesus! Fucking yeah, change to yeah. A booster will pay for that. <laughs> but um, again, with that game, I think Florida's offense is outstanding. I don't think Georgia's. The team that they've been in nah. the past, but Mm-mm. Florida, you got to prove it to me. You got to go out and beat them. Mullen, you got to beat them. I yeah. mean, it's it's not like Georgia's done anything after they mm. beat Florida. Yeah, so, but it's just kind of in Mullen's head, I think, a little bit. And again, I stand by what he did. He's he's being ripped nationally for his his antics his antics on the field. <clears throat> and I understand everybody except Herb Street. I don't like anything he says, <laughs> um, but. You know, I, I agree with him. Like he was out of control a little bit, but I really believe he that was a premeditated. Like I think he thought, whenever I get the chance, I'm doing something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I got to do something. And he did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he was backed it. against the wall. He, yeah. I mean, at that point, he had no other thing to do except for defend his players. Well, that, yeah, that was it. Yeah. I mean, defend it, but running out there like he did, he kind of, <laughs> as a head coach, like you imagine if Big Tate ran out on the field and was aggressive, man, <sighs> the kids would lose it because they're going to run through a wall for that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. He, was, he has to do better in that situation, but, you know. You go play Georgia and you stomp Georgia because everybody says, man, our coach is with us. Yeah. He's got our back. Absolutely. And it changes that locker room. It changes things with those guys. And I mentioned it last podcast, the defense just doesn't look like they have a leader out there. No. Right now. Where they've no. had so many leaders in the past, they got talent. There's no doubt about that. So that's what I think it was. And I give him a pass because he's my coach. And uh, we'll see what happens Thursday or Saturday at three thirty. Do you know if uh, Javon Dexter out of Lake Wells has been performing yet out there for Florida? Are you, do you watch Florida? He, I, I do watch it, but I haven't seen him. Yeah, he the first game of the season, I seen him, and I was like, man, that kid is big. But and that's how I knew when uh, EJ was mentioning him having because yeah. Cole asked him who was the hardest guy you ever blocked. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's no doubt that that was it. Um, Cole, I said to remind me. Uh, you wanted to mention about the Bucks, but so if Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl with the Bucks, does Tom Brady go down as the best athlete ever? Yeah. No, mm. best athlete. the best athlete ever. So for me, the competition would be between Jordan and for me, Jordan and Tom Brady if he wins another one. But how yeah. can somebody so ath- unathletic looking? Be considered the best. When you spend the money they've spent, though, building a team around him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a key. He's definitely a key, but. And he's the leader. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, would he go down as. I don't know. I just don't know. It's a good question, though. That is. That's a tough one. You know. Now, I've heard heard people saying if he wins with the Bucks, that it uh, diminishes what Belichick's done. And I don't agree with that at all. No. Belichick's a heck of a coach. No. But. I know, but people were saying, like, oh, Brady needs Belichick to win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's proven that he doesn't need Belichick right now. Well, yeah. he's, still got, I mean, he's still got a long way to go. Of course. And he's a great quarterback. And But I also think that you got smart coaches in Tampa Bay. And, I, you know, Byron Leftwich, I'm sure, has looked at New England's playbook and said, okay, we're going to take this, he does this, he does this, and we're going to develop it into – you know, what he does, and, and we're going to mold it that way. So it's going to be interesting to see the rest of the 
rest of the year. Anybody else got anything? Nope. That they want to mention? Or? I just want to say thank you guys for allowing me to come into uh, your studio this anytime. week. Um, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> like, this, anytime. Guy. <laughs> this guy right here. Listen, they're going to be asking you to do sponsorships. and To read your sponsorship <laughs> letters. They're going to be asking you to record commercials before it's over with. <laughs> so you got, but I, I greatly appreciate the time to come in and talk with you guys. Um, well, we thank you. Sorry I, couldn't, sorry I couldn't give more to you guys. No, oh, um, no. It's fine. But, uh, you guys do an excellent job with the broadcast and, and have for... As long as I can remember, <laughs> WBF doing bar two football games. So we're um, grateful to have you here. Wes, anything else? No, I'll just note, uh, speaking of the WBF, I did go back into those archives. Yes, that's an awesome feature. Long story short, they got the 96 uh, championship game that Barto uh, edged out bowls there for the state chip. Yeah. And I was listening to that, and it was just, it was crazy. It's like, I just felt like, I don't know, like a change in the atmosphere around me just listening to it. It was incredible, um, of course. And then after, I didn't listen to all of it, of course. I was doing it while at work. Don't tell anybody. But um, I went on YouTube, and I had to look at some of the footage there, too. And it was just, I don't know, it was crazy. It's such, it was such different times, obviously. Um, it was over two decades or so ago now at this point. But just uh, incredible atmosphere, the players, the coaches, I mean, Talking about, I mean, we've talked about it a few times, talking about buying in. Um, I think Lynn was maybe one to mention that on, on when he was on on one of the podcast episodes. Everyone was bought in on that team. I'll tell you what, everybody, including the, the cheerleaders, you name it, everybody, fans, parents, you name it, they were all bought in, and, and it showed. Um, and, of course, we hope that Bartow can, if not repeat that, get pretty close to that here this season. And we're working, well, I'm working on a, a 96 kind of reunion type show. Um, put it on the Facebook page of guests. And, of course, a lot of people want some of the current players. And somebody brought up Danny Smith. I don't know Coach Smith that well, but I'm going to try to get a hold of him. But I do know several of the 96 players haven't been played in 95. The... the my senior year, so let me think. Yeah, my senior year, no, my junior year, the freshman class. <laughs> it, it was crazy. Sleepy Tolly was a senior. No, I was a senior when he was a junior. Maybe he was a sophomore. I don't know. But the class that came in, that class, Ronald Daughtry, Marcus Floyd went to the NFL. Sleepy Tolly, probably the best quarterback in bar two football history. Like they, It was just so much talent on that team to go up against the Jacksonville Bowls, which we all know with that program, if you know, high school football, you know, they're a great squad. Um, and, and hope nobody's house got robbed that day in Bartow because all of Bartow was at that game. At Daytona. <laughs> well, that's, you talk about the buying in situation and that's what, that's what a community is about. Your mm-hmm. coaching staff buys in, your players buy in, your parents buy in, your community buys in. And, and it's showing, I mean, unfortunately this COVID mess has, you know, put a damping on a lot of things. But typically, you look at those stands on a home football game, on a Friday night football game, they're packed. They're mm-hmm. packed. That's a community involvement. That's a community outpouring right there for those kids yep. just to support them. Yep. Yeah. It's and incredible. So, all right, Jacket fans, we will see everybody in Lake Wales Friday night, 7.30 kickoff. Get there early. Have your masks. Be prepared. Um, I don't know if there's any restrictions or anything. If I get any kind of information of buying tickets early, I'll put it on the page, and and, uh, Wes will do the same thing on, on Twitter. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Cole, you got it? Hey, just so you know, for the future, if it's red... 
That means it's recording. I am aware. It will not do that if the SD card is not in. So you don't have to text me during the show. Is the SD card? He does it every time. <laughs> if it's red, we're good to go. All right? I mean, you never told me that before, but here we are. That's a lot of Every day's school day, you know what I'm saying? See you, Jacket Pants. Go Jackets.